0: You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernak. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Last Wednesday, we began Genesis and we saw in Genesis, uh, we saw three specific promises that God made concerning uh, Israel. A great land, a great nation, and a great blessing. Then we saw in uh, Genesis also some Messianic prophecies. These are are prophecies that deal specifically with the coming of Jesus Christ. I think the best two, they're they're all good, but I think the best two would be Genesis 3.15, the prophecy that was given of Jesus to Adam and Eve that uh, from the woman's seed, There would come one who would crush the head of the serpent. And hallelujah, that has already been fulfilled when Jesus conquered death and hell in the grave. And it will be even more fulfilled when Jesus finally, once and for all, takes Satan, that old dragon... And cast him into a lake of fire where he will be forever. But we saw the Messianic prophecy. Then in uh, Genesis forty nine ten, 10. Uh, that Judah, from his line, there would come a lawgiver. And the scepter would come uh, would, would not depart out of Judah until Shiloh come. And Shiloh is another name for the Messiah. And praise God for these prophecies. Then we looked briefly... At creation, We looked at the days of creation and the beginning of the heavens and the earth and then the creation of man and woman. I want to start uh, tonight as we look at Genesis and um, the beginnings. I want you to see also in Genesis not only the beginning of, uh, of man and woman, not only the beginning of the heavens and the earth, but I want you to see that in Genesis we also find the beginning of sin on earth. Now, sin did not start on earth. Sin started in heaven. Sin didn't start with Adam and Eve. Sin started with Lucifer, who was an angelic being. He was a created being that that, that was there and worshiped God. and, 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 And by the way, lest we think that we cannot fall, If Lucifer in the presence of God in a perfect place, if Lucifer could start to think that he wanted to be like God and he wanted to have that pride and he wanted to exalt himself, don't ever for a minute think that you and I are exempt. Uh, Pride goeth before destruction and in a haughty spirit before a fall. But in Genesis, we see where sin started on earth. It started in the Garden of Eden. Again, a perfect place. Can you imagine what the Garden of Eden would have been like? Where, where Adam and Eve walked and talked with God every day. Did you know I was listening this week, I was listening to one of the, the broadcasts by Brother Paul, Scott Paul, and he's doing something right now on the on, uh, beginnings. And if you haven't tuned, tuned in, I encourage you to listen. But he made a statement that I think he said that every year in our country, There are between 300 and 600 new laws every single year uh, added to the thousands and thousands of laws we have. But in the Garden of Eden, there's only one law. You could not take of the fruit of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. That was the only rule. Can I tell you? They still broke it. Adam sinned. And because of Adam's sin, the Bible says, and so sin passed upon all men. But here's why. For all have sinned. Yes, we were born sinners because of Adam's sin and because of the the, the fall of Adam and Eve. But every one of us in this room, we're not just sinners because we were born that way. We're sinners because we choose to sin. Every one of us have made choices to sin. A child in the nursery, they will make a choice. A child in the toddler program, the children in master clubs tonight, they will make choices to say the favorite word, no. And mom and dad will say yes, and they will say no. And why is it? Well, they're born sinners, but they choose to sin. We all have that sin nature. So we see the beginning of sin and the beginning of death on the earth. You see, because of sin in the Garden of Eden, the curse came. And because of the curse, man could not live forever. And that's why after they took of the the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God said, we've got to get them out of this garden because if they eat of the tree of life, they would live forever. And you say, what's wrong with that? You don't want to live forever forever in a body with sin and a body that has been cursed. And you don't want to live forever in a a world that has been cursed by sin. We want to live forever, but not down here. We want to live forever up there. And aren't you glad that Jesus provided a way of eternal life? And aren't you glad that Jesus provided a plan uh, whereby we could have forgiveness of sins? But we see the beginning of sin and death on earth. Then we see in Genesis 3 the beginning of God's salvation plan. What happened after Adam and Eve took of that fruit and they ate? Well, the Bible says that they realized for the first time, they realized that they were naked. And so God took not the the fig leaves that they sewed together to try to cover themselves, but God took coats of animal skin and he used those as a covering. Well, what has to happen before you get an animal skin? You got to kill the animal. And can I tell you, God's plan of salvation began in the Garden of Eden. The animals were killed then the sacrifices were instituted and the blood of animals was shed and the, the, the animals were sacrificed as an atonement for sin leading up to and pointing to the time that the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, would come and be the ultimate sacrifice and pay for the price of the sin of all the world and not just cover it. That's what the, that's what the animals, animal sacrifices did. They just covered it. They just, they just kicked the can down the road. It was just a temporary fix until Jesus came. And when Jesus shed his blood, his blood cleanses us from sin. His blood uh, provides salvation from our sin. But we see the beginning of God's salvation plan and the sacrifices in Genesis 3, verses 8 through 24. We also, yeah, uh, Genesis 3, excuse me. Then in Genesis 3, verses 8 through 24, we see the beginning of marriage we see the beginning of the family and we see the beginning of the home when god created adam you know what he said about adam it is not good for him to be alone and god created eve and god created eve for adam and i love this in genesis 3 we find this verse that adam and eve that for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Now what's, what's interesting about that? Adam and Eve didn't have parents. But can I tell you, that was God's plan for marriage, and that was God's plan in the Garden of Eden for Adam and Eve, and then God blessed them with children, and God gave them a home, and we see the institution of the home in the book of Genesis. We see also the beginning of civilization. In Genesis chapter 4, verses 17 through 22, uh, Cain, who was the first son of Adam and Eve, Cain builds the first city. We see in the book of Genesis the beginning of languages. We see the beginning of nations. And of course, uh, we we, we know that in uh, uh, Genesis that the Tower of Babel, how many remember that story? The Tower of Babel. Everybody came together. Everybody wanted to build a monument. See how high they could get. See if they could reach to heaven. And that's not what God said. God had told them that they needed to scatter. That they needed to, to multiply and replenish the earth. And they were hanging out like this. You know what that sounds like a little bit? It sounds like what happened in the book of Acts. When God said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And all the Christians hung out in Jerusalem. And what did God have to do? God had to send some persecution, right? So that the gospel would get out. And God has not called us just to have our little group and us four and no more. God has called us to reach this world. God has commissioned us to go and to preach the gospel. We see the beginning of languages and nations. We see the beginning of the Hebrew race. All in the book of Genesis. Genesis 12 and verse number 2. We find the promise. Turn there if you will. We see the promise that God made to Abraham. He says in uh, Genesis 12, verse number two, and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. We see the beginning of the Hebrew race. Let me give you just a couple thoughts to wrap up this section. We're gonna start another section here in just a moment. I want to say this, that marriage, the family, the home, those are all important to God. say, Pastor, I don't have a marriage. I I don't have a home. I don't have a family. Well, that's okay. Aren't you glad God's given us a church family? Aren't you glad for the family of God? But if God has given you a home, if God has given you a family, if God has given you a marriage, I want to tell you, don't ever take that for granted uh don't don't despise that don't don't think lightly of that uh, uh value that treasure that cherish that god is the one that instituted the home uh, the home wasn't man's idea uh, the home is not just a, 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 a an american kind of a thing no no it was instituted by god and it is important to god next i want you to know as we see the beginning of these things in genesis next i want to remind us that god cares about the nations Not just nation, singular. God cares about the nations of the world. Now, think about this. In Genesis, we really see a focus made upon Israel. Um, You have um, Abraham and you have Ishmael and you have Isaac and you see kind of the dividing of those those nations. Or you have Jacob and Esau and the dividing of those. And it seems like the storyline follows Abraham and then Isaac. And then the storyline follows Isaac and then Jacob and then Jacob and then, of course, Joseph in Egypt. But I want to tell you this. God did not just institute and start one nation. God instituted the nations of the world. That was no mistake. That was no accident. Uh, God doesn't view one group of people important and then the rest of the people don't matter. No, no, God made a promise to Israel and he loves Israel. They're his chosen people. But can I remind you that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance? And can I remind you when we get to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 9 and verse number 7, the scene is described around the throne of God. And guess who's there? It's not just Jews. It's not just Americans. The Bible says every kindred and every tribe and every nation in every race, they are gathered together singing and worshiping and glorifying the Lord. And I want to remind you today, I love this country. I love where God has put us, and I think you ought to love it. But don't forget, there's a world out there that needs the gospel. That's why we have missionaries. That's why we had a missionary Sunday night, uh, Brother Blackburn and his wife, uh, missionaries to Bolivia. I, I sat with them after the service, and I got to talk to him. Uh, he didn't share this, and, and I think it was probably for sake of time. I would tell you, I was so blessed. You know, Brother Blackburn, you know what he's doing? He's going to the mission field. After 20 years, he served in the United States military. He's got a retirement. He is retiring in July from the uh, police department in Virginia Beach, Virginia. He's got a second retirement. He could be sitting back on Easy Street. He could be propping up his feet and just taking it easy. But you know what God did? God sent him on a missions trip. Brother Dan, I didn't get to tell you this part of the story. He was telling me after the service, he said, uh, he was one, one night after church, he was putting away his wife's instrument. If you saw on the, the slides, his wife plays the baritone. And uh, yeah, he was putting her instrument away and the music pastor said, hey brother, y'all coming on the missions trip? And Brother Blackburn said, I, I made a comment like, well, maybe or whatever. He said, the next thing I know, I'm getting emails. And they're giving us all the information about the missions trip. They thought we were going on the missions trip. And so I said, well... Might as well, let's give it a try. About five or six missions trips later, they surrendered to go to Bolivia. So before you go on this missions trip to Costa Rica, brother Dan, you can't go. Y'all you, you can't go to Costa Rica like permanent just for a trip. But before you go on this trip, you better be ready because God might burden your heart to realize there's a world that needs the gospel. There's a world that needs Jesus and God cares about the nations of the world. And by the way, his plan of salvation is not just for one group of people. It is for all the world. It is for every creature. And then I see lastly, as we look at the beginnings, I see that God promises that he will protect his people. And look at at what's going on right now in the Middle East. Have you ever looked at a map? Have you ever seen what a tiny little dot Israel is on that map? Surrounded by all of their enemies, surrounded by all these nations that want to wipe them out. And guess who's still going? Israel. And guess who's going to keep on going? Israel. How come? Because God promised he would take care of them. Now, we are not, we are not Jews. We are not under the covenant that God gave to Abraham and to David. But you get to the New Testament and God promises that he'll take care of you. And he will take care of me. And he's promised he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. God has made a promise that he will take care of. He will protect his people. The safest place in the world that you could ever be is in the center of God's will. Can I tell you, I'm so glad that God takes care of his people. I want you to notice quickly, Genesis chapter three. I want you to look a little closer now. We've seen the beginning of these things. I want us in this overview, I want us to look at What happened in the Garden of Eden? I'm going to go very quickly. But what happened in the Garden of Eden? This is creation. This is man, Adam, and Eve, and they're in the garden, and they're in a perfect place. Well, it says in Genesis 3, verse 1, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, uh, neither, yeah, neither shall ye touch it lest ye die. Notice verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. You know, can I tell you something? That, that, that Satan's tactics are not new Satan's methods are not new Satan today is still doing the same thing he wants to get you and he wants to get me to doubt what God has said oh yeah well God didn't really mean that oh yeah yeah well that's outdated oh yeah yeah that no 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 I want to tell you Satan is out to deceive and Satan is out to destroy we see that took place in Genesis 3 we see that Satan questioned the word of God we we find in this passage that Eve was deceived and Adam was disobedient. Now, they both sinned, but it was different. Uh, Eve, she truly, she got sucked in. She hurt, she, whoa, what just happened? But when Adam took of the fruit, he knew what he was doing. But sin is sin. Sin separates us from God. There was the curse of sin. The Bible says that because of sin, uh, verse number um 17 um, let's see verse number 16 there would be sorrow uh in childbearing for the woman the husband would rule over the wife because of what happened in the garden the bible says for adam that the ground would be cursed there would be thorns and thistles uh he said then also he said and adam by the way you're not going to live forever he says uh from the dust verse number uh 19 for dust thou art and unto dust shalt thou return we see that adam and eve were then driven from the presence of god now did god still love them sure he did did god still help them yes sure he did but they they no longer had that fellowship they don't, no longer had that communion that they had before sin let me give you just a couple thoughts quickly about this passage in genesis 3 one i want to remind us tonight that satan is sneaky Satan doesn't hold up signs and billboards and say, you want to destroy your life? Come on over here. Satan doesn't do that. Satan is so slick. Satan is so tricky. Uh, Satan is so deceptive. Satan is the master deceiver. Can I tell you, that's why you got to get your, 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 your life in the word of God. You must be grounded in the truth. Because if you don't get your life grounded in the truth, you're going to fall for the lies of Satan every single time. Satan is sneaky. Number one, I want to say that. Number two, I want to say that sin separates. That was true in Genesis 3, and it's still true today. Our sin separates us from God. Now, you and I, we're not walking with God in a Garden of Eden, but I hope we're walking with God every day in Bible reading and in prayer and in communion with God and in fellowship with God. But you know what's going to stop that? Every time, sin will separate you from God. That's why we have to confess our sins. The Bible says we confess it. We forsake it. That's why we confess it and God cleanses us. God forgives us because that sin separates us from fellowship with God. Thirdly, I'll say this. Sin always brings sorrow every time maybe it doesn't happen immediately but you look at sorrow and you can always trace it back to sin by the way you know why people die because of sin we're living under the curse we're not going to live forever when someone dies it is a result of sin when there is pain when there is suffering when there is heartache it's, it's a result of sin and sin always brings sorrow but lastly, I'll say this, God's word is still the answer. If they would have just done it God's way, if, if Eve would have said to the serpent, nope, not doing it. I'm not going to disobey God. I know what God said. I heard what God said. You're not going to fool me into believing something else. I think if Eve would have said no, I think the serpent would have gone to Adam. And I think Adam would have had the opportunity as well to say, no way, we're not doing that. God's given us all the trees, all the fruit. God's taking care of every need we have. We are not going to disobey God's word. And I want to say today, God's word still has the answer. It has the answer for whatever you're going through. Whatever it is in your life, whatever your situation is at work, whatever it is at home, uh, whatever need that you have today, God's word has the answer. The question is, why don't we get in the book? I think sometimes it's because we think we know better. Sometimes we think we can figure things out. Sometimes it's just, just like when you, you, you buy a, a, a piece of furniture or you buy something and you, you, you open up the packaging and there's those instructions and you say, not necessary. I saw the picture. I know exactly how this is going to be put together. It's going to take me about 10 minutes. Hey, by the way, it said, you know, no tools required and all so this. This won't take me long. And an hour and a half later, when you're frustrated and you still don't have it put together, what do you do? You go back and look for those instructions. I want to tell you, God's given us the instructions. And we're not talking about putting together a piece of furniture. We're talking about your life. We're talking about your marriage. We're talking about your home. We're talking about things that matter for eternity. And let's get in the Word. And let's get the answers for life. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.